Good morning. Monday morning or morning. If you're in Australia, New Zealand, our friends in Singapore, Philippines, all of that. Welcome back to another episode of my transmission. Today, I'm going to be talking about getting into flow. Uh, getting into flow when you feel stuck. And I'm going to Hold for a moment and uh, wait and see uh, who wants to jump on right now and be this conversation because it is an important conversation, especially if you're finding yourself dragging your ass for doing things. And I can totally relate to that. Just literally got off a call with one of my colleagues from uh, Spain. He's a didactic student and jumped into starting to work with us and was finding himself not able to get his work, just dragging his ass. In, in other words, distracting. In other words, not getting his work homework done. What I usually do with my clients, I have them at the beginning of the, the work that we do is send me your mission statement. And first couple of modules in our online programs and boy, holy the amount of resistance that I get to see is astounding, and I, I, I can laugh at it now. I, pretty much, it's it's literally like work with most of us. Because what happens is, you get into a place where you're stuck. You're saying, I want to grow here. Dr. Nima or whoever else you're, you're working towards, asking for help, is, I'm stuck here. I want to get here. I want change because the current situation, I can't live with it anymore. My body doesn't work. I'm stuck. I'm sore all the time. My health's not right. I've been getting taking pills, going to the This is what I hear. One problem after another. I'm sick, sick, I'm sick. I'm stressed. I'm going to these patterns. Why do I get into these relationships? I want change. Okay, good. This is where you are. This is where you'd love I know that feeling of not not I'm at and wanting to step up. So what do we do? We commit the process of becoming that. And so what do you notice when you process, for example, of building muscles? You must pick up it and start working against resistance. Oh, but hard. But it's scary. But it costs. But it's all of the excuses that stop us from we want to achieve are going to show up right away. And so in our programs when we're working, well, the first thing that I get people to do is make a declaration of who you would love to be, what you'd love to do in order to be that, and then what you'd love to have. See, let me ask you that same question. If I can ask you this question right now, what would you love to be, what would you love to and what would you love to have, and I'd grab a pen, sit down with a journal, and do it. Try it right now. Take, I'd love for you to write down in the comment section. Let's just do it for the, the sake of how you would like to show up after this COVID-19 thing has blown over. All right? Who would you love to be for the world? What would you love to be doing? And what would you love to have? 
And an interesting thing happens when we ask people this question because they get confronted with every single story as to why they don't have it, why they didn't have it in the first place. It's scary. I can't. I'm, I'm not worried. The truth of the matter is all of the stories from your past blocked you. Hey, Madeline. All of those from your past that have blocked you from having those things, the life that you desire, shows up. And these unconscious patterns start to us. Yesterday, I did a breathwork and badass. If you were there, write down in the comments section your experience was like. But what I talked about was that you have an adult brain that says, I want to change. I want change. I want to better. I want to heal my relationships. Show up a more integrated, um, powerful version of myself. But then what happens is we have a child brain. A child brain that is in the emotional center, which started the ages of conception to the age six, sometimes eight. That child brain starts saying, eh, no, I don't really take responsibility. I don't really want. And so this client of mine didn't get his homework done for the session and said, oh, I feel bad. Waste your time. I didn't get it done. I didn't get my time done. I'm like, ah, perfect. This is the trigger. And what we do to get into flow is we use the trigger as an access point to get yourself in flow. We use wound as the access point to get yourself flow. This is the big secret. I created a methodology called the overview method, which is developed over time essentially to get you from a state where you're stopped because of trauma because your old brain is overriding your brain and you want to move cognitively you want to get that relationship but your child brain says the freedom you want to start a business but your child brain says I don't want to take the responsibility what if I fail and so so this fragmentation between your adult brain, child brain, I'm simplifying it right now in the neurology. This is really, really all science. Fragmentation, this separation between the two causes competition and they stop working together. And the way that you get, and then what happens is you feel stuck. What else happens? You start to sabotage yourself. You start to take steps. And you sabotage. Essentially, what it is is your child emotional brain, your unconscious mind, pull you back into those old patterns. And the only to heal them is for you to be able to look at them happening in real time to make the unconscious conscious. And unless, Carl Jung says, unlike the unconscious conscious, it will over life and you will think that it's fate. Let me say that again. Until you make the unconscious, it will run your life. People think that it's fate. Tips right now as you're listening and write in the comments for you to engage. This isn't just a spectator sport. This community and every single one of these transmissions are all about getting you from distraction, scrolling back into your.
hear me. And the way that I do that is through language that I use. I point your attention to things that help you wake up from your unconscious state and just realize, hey, you're a conscious being that has a potential to actually get your life exactly the way that you want. It's up to you to do that. And until you make the unconscious conscious, it will run your entire life and you'll fate. So take a moment and ask yourself a question. Where have I been wanting to step up? Been wanting to heal? What stories unconscious brain, my chain, have been coming up again and again that have stopped me from stepping up? Where have they been? The whole point of transformation is not to get rid of that part of you. It's to learn to walk with that part of you. So I call it shadow work. I like to call it dancing with your ginger. To know that there's a part of some childlike part of me that's always there. And as, unless I them the attention and the respect and the acknowledgement that they're there, going to run my entire life and it like it had been throughout half of my life and I will confess that oh I just have bad luck oh that dream life or a really healthy relationship is for me I'm just going to wait oh I'm going to wait for to come into my life that doesn't stress me out anymore not realizing that unconsciously is actually mirroring relationships that I'm attracting. This is the aha that many people got. So this client basically and so he was not flow. Like I just don't want to do this work. And then I said, all right, here's the first step to shifting when you feel stuck. Change the word work to flow. Change the word work to flow. It's from a conversation with good friend Dr. Russell Kennedy, where we talked about the work is so hard. So, well, he said, well, what if we did to flow? I'm like, oh yeah, that's so true. Because the net result of doing the work all about connecting the body, acknowledging to the feelings in your body, which we did with with this with with this client, going and 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 feeling them fully, so he was really comfortable. I got him to go back to where he felt them, where he first felt it, and it turned was 16 years old, and he was just finishing high school. He was completely confused. His father had died when he was seven, and he basically became the man of the house at the age of seven. His mother had no idea how to manage her emotions, and she was just distraught and losing her so suddenly. Didn't have any tools, didn't have any way of handling didn't know what to do with money, with business, any of So her not being emotionally stable herself was un from her own self because she was so dependent on the partner guess who she then turned around and made 
responsible for her own emotional well-being. Unconsciously, though, she's a bad person. But this is what we call an episode on this a couple, like a last week or the week before, emotional incest. And incest happens when we then, because of a connection in a marriage, let me know if you can relate, because of a disconnection in the marriage, the partner, the, the, the parent, okay, then starts to dump on the child and make them responsible for tending to their emotional needs. And they, became, they become like a surrogate husband or wife. Well, this at the age of seven and beyond had to then start to create weird emotionally codependent cycles his mother and it's very confronting to a child child just wants to be seen but then to feel safe so then they take it upon themselves as the responsibility to then look after the mother this is extremely common then is a form of trauma for a child it's not necessarily physical abuse sexual abuse that's trauma if a child then has to feel to feel safe, that they have to take care of the needs of the mother or the father, then tangled, and that's called, there's a word for it, I'm not a fan of labels, but there's a word for it, it's called emotional list. And what happens is, because of that, creates a weird, funky dynamic when the child then grows up and they marry their mother, they start to marry their father, they start to entangle it's familiar and then they get into relationships that aren't fulfilling sexually they aren't fulfilling emotionally they because they have now tangled the exact same dynamic from mother or father to their partner and guess what happens in that situation because that relationship with their partner never will end up being linked Eventually, the breakdown in that relation will cause that person to then same dynamic with their own child. Does this make sense? Is that cutting in and out? Can you hear? Can you hear? Is this? Uh, I just want to make sure you can hear this. Give me a thumbs up. Can you hear this? Hey. Can you hear me right now? Because this is a very important conversation. Just want to make sure. Can you hear? I need that before I go on. Because this is super duper important. We're talking emotional incest. You know if you can hear this. Yes, you can hear? Okay. okay. I just altered the, uh, the sound. Um, write down in the comments if you can hear me, because I really want to. I really, really great. nice to see you, brother. Let me know how you do. I'm curious. Breath work yesterday, brother. So, essentially, what happens is this guy, this client of mine, he, this uh, father, he was younger. His mother takes over, doesn't take over. She's she's unhinged. He then needs feels like he has to take responsibility for emotional well-being and creates this 
dynamic with his mother where he's responsible. They call emotional incest. And now what happens is if he eats that cycle, he then gets dynamic with another partner, which is familiar to his mother. Familiar with a female, I'm going to have responsibility for her emotional needs, and he's going to uh, mirror in what familiar. And then what happens is eventually that relationship breaks down. There's a breakdown in the cycle, and then sudden with the child that they have. He then is going to recreate that same weird, unhealthy dynamic with the child. And this is how intergenerational gets passed from generation to generation. What we did in this session, because so stuck, not being able to move forward in his chiropractic students, not really able to move forward, we went back and connected with his 16-year-old self. And give him, gave him parenting that he never had because of a father gone and a mother was completely not able to miss emotional needs because of her own traumas, not because she's a person, but because of her own trauma. Okay. okay. So essentially what ends up happening, hey Charlie, what's up? Essentially what happens is started the process of healing that wound, reconnecting with the 18-year-old, consistently giving that little one all the love and the judgment, being seen, being heard, that mom wants to give. Because if he doesn't do this, what will happen is he's going to bump up against these triggers again and again, and his trigger just so happens to be like procrastination, not wanting to move. completely block flow. The way that you get into flow is just acknowledge that you're really stuck and go into the feeling itself. Often stuckness is because that child brain wants to be seen and heard brain is thinking, I should be doing this, I should be moving along, we should be better along in our relationship, but your child brain is completely feeling detached from you. The way that you heal that and get into flow is completely change that relationship with your younger self that you've abandoned for a long time. The coolest part of work is that your triggers now, instead of something for you to run away from, becomes the exact thing you move in towards so that you can feel it fully and then all of a sudden now have to reparenting yourself, to seeing yourself, to then getting into the body and feeling those disgusting feelings you use all of this doing, doing to try to get away from. Do this right you now have access to flow because you've gotten really good at self-assessment. And you can now put away all of the cognitive tools of trying to think your way out of your stuck problem and really understand that this is a feeling thing. Because every time it's an old trauma. And necessarily doesn't have to be physical abuse. abuse. Trauma was this child who was years old and lost a father and had a mother 
became completely emotionally reliant on him so that he basically had to abandon himself in order to feel safe. Let me know in the comment section if you can relate to what I'm talking. This is really important for you to get because I'm, what I'm here to do is to awaken to the realization that you are the one that can actually heal that. You are not a victim to what happened to you. You're not a victim to the circumstances. You're actually even responsible. You're not even a victim to your mother or mother. They, it's not even their fault either. This is a cycle of trauma. It's passed down unconsciously, and it takes is one generation, one generation of people that are acknowledging their wound, acknowledging their pain. This isn't about losing it. This is about acknowledging it and then choosing to do a difficult task, which is to go back and reconnect with that part of you that you fragmented from because it was too painful. Connect with the part of you that is so hurting and so grieving because and, – and it was so painful, disconnected from it because it wasn't safe to be in your body. That's the work. Choppy sound? Okay. I'll try and see what's going on here. Sorry about the choppy sound. I can't really – hear me fine some of you don't let me know if this is thumb or thumbs down I've had some sound before let me know if you can hear this can you hear me do you have any about this this would be a good time to answer I'm gonna be doing more Q&A about this. where are you feeling stuck number one what are you most most help with right now because this whole conversation of learning how to become trigger-proof is, is I get stuck like daily. I get stuck all the time. I've come up with a, a, a really neat system to help people unstuck themselves and get back into their hearts and get into a flow state and changing the con from work to flow. Can you hear this? Can you hear this or not? Here, give it. Give me. Give me a thumbs up. All right. Okay. Let me know if you can hear this. All right. All right. Essentially, how to get back into flow when you're stuck is this: you must learn how to get into the body and feel the feelings fully, and learn how to alchemize that feeling that you're kind of not wanting to face. Often, it's fear. Often it's shame, often it's guilt. These are the things that, that you are avoiding that's causing you to be stuck. It's emotion that's not processed. And it's definitely helpful cognitive tools to change the story. What I've discovered is it's wiser to use those after you have first learned how to take the alarm out of your body. And yesterday we did a full work session that was supposed to be two and a half hours. But like all things, uh, you know, I tend to I want to I want to you know make I answer questions, and so we went a little bit long. And I apologize for that for those of you who who stuck it out. 
responsible. Uh, my commitment is next month when we do this, keep it confined to three hours. It's a three-hour break and coaching session to help you get really clear and move through the, the sense, which is emotion in your body that you probably aren't aware of to be able to learn how to act, move it through your body. If you were there yesterday, Dal, especially to hear what your experience was like. We've had, and wow, that was powerful. Tears were flowing, connected to myself, and other people were like, I can tell if I got it right or not. And this one interesting part, because I was holding space throughout the whole breath work, I was, was going to work online, because I usually do it live. And one thing that was amazing, one of the best parts served was, was um, beautiful. Skip that step. Does that actually play out in relationship or it becomes intergenerational? Oh, good question. Does it play out in relationships before it becomes intergenerational? Okay. Let me finish this story. I'm going to answer you. So during the breath, there was a woman who, because I was there, because people, if they were having challenges or they needed support, could chat with me on the Zoom. And one woman kept going, I can't if I'm doing this right. Am I doing this right? I can't. I can't I don't know if I'm doing this right. And the interesting thing about breath work is that whatever has ever stopped you in your life show up during these healing sessions. It's not always comfortable. It's usually it's usually gross. It's usually shit you don't really want to look at yourself. And with her, she kept coming, she kept typing throughout the whole time we was doing breath work. She was like, "Am I doing right? Am I doing this right? I can't tell if this is right." I, I think I'm doing it right. I'm not getting it right. In other words, am I failing? Am I right? Am I getting this right? And so I, I kind of felt her a little bit because I this is energy. I'm in flow when I'm doing this. And I kind of felt I was like, no, just go like, just go back to your breath. Just head and go back to your breath. And then I messaged her and I said, you're loved regardless. Even if you don't get this right, you're still loved. And boom. In and she realized she started bawling going in and realizing that all, all life she's been trying to get it right. And she's been so busy trying to get it and she's been living outside there. Let me know if you can if you can um I was having a really good laugh for no reason. I could understand cool. Yes, doubts that, that can happen as well. She was living in the of like, is this right? Is right? Am I getting it right? Literally looking for approval on the side because she didn't know how to give it to herself. And in that moment when I told her, you know what, even if you don't get this right, you're still loved. Boom! That was the In other words, these processes are very powerful because like a mushroom journey or an ice skate journey, it's whatever's going to come up is going up. And that's up to you for your own healing. It's really important. And a lot of this stuff is conscious. Like in other words, you don't people tell us all the time, but I don't have memories in childhood. I'm like, yes, you. You do. But they're implicit. They're in your, your conscious. So how do I access them? Through body-based tools, through the breath. Because when you can access them through the breath, they still up. Some people had these laughing fits, people screaming, some people tears, some people old traumas. That's beautiful. The whole point is a reconnection. 
I can't panic, but at certain points I was having a really good laugh for no reason that I could understand, but it was cool. Yeah, absolutely, and that was the process. Um, where is it? Where was it? Let me up. Okay. So in relationships before it becomes intergenerational. I gave this example a little earlier, but it's worth repeating because I'm going to be teaching this in my. Are you a father, Dal? Um, I'm going to be teaching this in my program in my uh, training on April the 15th called, called "Connect to a Disconnected Child." That's coming out. Wait, it's a three-hour, deep intensive of teaching parents how to connect to their children uh, by not it's and it's not a parenting course that's key it's not a parenting it's different I'm not a parent I'm not a parent yet soon I'm not a parent yet so I'm not going to be teaching you parenting I'm not qualified for that I can teach you the science of connecting to yourself I can teach you about the uh, nervous system and how you, you can alter that to, to, to connect but here's how the generational trauma will happen Dolch so imagine this. You have a child, okay? And this is this is exactly the example I gave with, with one of the clients I'm working with right now. Seven years old, his father died. And, and the mother, because she didn't know how to read herself and empathize, empathy. Uh, by, by the way, the, the other side of doing this work is deep empathy. Before this, no empathy. I had no concept of empathy because I was doing cognitive work and every feeling that I, I didn't want to feel it, I just did work to not have to feel the pain. I did it as a bypass. So because we get traumatized and we don't want to feel, we then ourselves, we don't have empathy towards others start to parent ourselves, parent our children from a place of empathy, but from a place of ego. In other words, this child is there to serve my needs, is there to make me look good, is there to, if ever you've, you've been told, uh, if ever you've been told, you know, you should get good grades, good grades, a lot of the time, especially in cultural, that is, my son, my sons are all dogs. My sons are all so and so. It's that it's that I can feel worthy that I did a good job because my sons are all successful. It usually comes from a place of ego in that space. In other words, screw what screw what you you want to do. It's what I want, and this is very common in Indian cultures and Persian cultures. This is how the intergenerational trauma happens. The child then grows up. up well, shit. I don't really want to be an engineer, but I want dad's approval. So fragment from myself and choose not what I want to do, be an artist or a painter. I'll go into engineering or become into medicine because that's what my parents really want from me. And what is I then fragment from myself into this field to get that approval and realize I'm not fulfilled. I'm so disconnected myself and I'm deeply stuck in e place okay deep stuck in ego from that place and so then what will happen I have kids I'm going to likely not be able to see feel them I will then use them to feed that ego 
leaving them feeling not seen and this happens through generational trauma there's so many examples i i was doing this uh, interview with this guy he's a functional doctor it was interesting i had this conversation and it stopped him dead in this when i said all right if you're raised for example and your father so let's say you milk and all of a sudden your dad screams at you why did you do that all of a sudden, this three-year-old child who accidentally spoke has no filter in their conscious mind, their concept or filter. So everything is like their un is like it's just downloaded directly, and is inadvertently they spill the milk. But after that reaction from the father, the the, the child then says. Makes the, makes the distinction that I'm not good. I'm not good enough. Because this feeling just came up of fear that came from my conscious, which I have no cognitive abilities. My brain hasn't developed. But in that moment, brain then makes the conclusion, makes meaning out of that fear. My conscious mind is waiting for a message to come from my unconscious in my nervous system that says, you're not enough. That's what happens. Now, throughout this child, repeated over a period of time, that child ends up, and then, and then that child, when I said that to this guy, he was like, holy crap, I've done that to my daughter. And then I said, okay, he goes, so how do we stop that? And I told him, okay, so do, try this. Go to the where you yelled that to your daughter. And he's like, like okay. I said, Okay, now here's the part. Pretend like your daughter doesn't exist. Your daughter no longer exists. She does not exist. In that moment, what came up for you? He was like, he kind of pauses. And this was during a podcast interview, by the way. I tend to take my interviewer's side process. <laughs> and he goes, I was judging myself. I'm, I guess I'm judging myself. I'm like, exactly. What's that you're making and he's like that's enough and I'm like where does that come from and he's like from my dad and I'm like can you see how it gets passed down from generation to generation completely unconsciously and or you feel guilty for that because I'm not here to make you feel guilty this is not a guilt this is not a guilt trip this is good news this is not about making you guilty for it because you did it in unconsciousness to say your parents did. It's about putting up your hand and saying, I'm going to take university. Now I'm going to become conscious of it now. I'm going to stop trying to run away from my pain and rack myself with all of the work to try to cognitively get rid of my pain and I'm going to actually do the necessary work, which is to go and meet myself there. My younger self that's been waiting when I did this work first, I did had this vision in a minute. My three-year-old was crying, saying, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. And so many clients have that same experience, especially during breath work, especially during the uh, group calls that we have, during our one-on-ones. I'm like, what's he saying? My little one is saying that I've been waiting for you. It's like, exactly. If you told me, Dalj, two years ago, being a Demartini, that I'm talking about 
about inner child work, I would have thought you were absolutely not. But this is what's going to humanity. <laughs> I can tell you this full on. This is what's going to save humanity. Because I got a message. We just got a message in our group, which I posted in the group. You want to check it out. Uh, uh, one of the gals who just to our program basically said, Hola, I'm in the first week of the your overview program. I had a weekend five-hour workshop and one in, in, in group call. And I just wanted to share a small story I've been having already. Bedtimes have been for years. I'm a single mom of two, eight and ten, and my daughter goes into anxiety mode. Her anxiety triggers my anxiety. Check that out. Ha! And then it becomes a cycle, and it's just not good for either of us. I feel blocked, exhausted, and annoyed because I can't find a way to calm her. Tonight, for the first time, her anxiety didn't get to me, and I was able to calm her down and felt authentic patience and empathy. I'm all this, and I'm sure I have a lot more to work on, but I believe I was able to do it the first time thanks to that one exercise where Nima guided me and I got to connect and heal a tiny part of my nine-year-old self. Looking forward to the next months. Now, why is this important? Well, it's because this is the time to heal it. This is the time for you to make it a priority. This is the time for you to get out of your head and get your body to heal that background alarm and anxiety that's been basically driving the 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 bus of your life causing do 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 instead of thing because inside I care how much cognitive work you do if in your body starting from pre-verbal from in utero from your childhood if you had the experience of the world is not safe and going to die no amount of cognitive work is going to solve that the cognitive work is magical after you've calmed the inner child down. That's why in my overview method, the cognitive work now placed secondary to first calming the arm and bringing the nervous system into a ventral when now it's open to the suggestions of elations from the sessions. What were the benefits? How did it serve you? Only, only those will only land after you've calmed down the back, back arm. Then it becomes magical, but not handle the underlying root background anxiety. And this transforms every area of your life and every single, every single relationship you have. Your relationships really are a mirror. They're giving you feedback to how regulated you are. And one of our uh, clients basically knowing that simp and several of the clients afterwards, I got back, after they did their breath work, literally their chin started changing. They're usually arguing with one another. They were getting along. After. How weird. Why is that? Because a ride lifts all boats. You literally can change how other people show up for you simply by the way you show up. I'm grateful that you're here for this conversation. Let me know if you have questions. I really became aware of some muscle pain which is clearly to do with breathing.
Oh yeah, yeah, Dal, Dal, this is the beginning, my friend. I really look forward to ho you hopefully join next um, uh, experience that's happening on the 26th of April. Possibly, if you, any parents out there, the uh, the links are up. We're gonna kind of really uh, we we pretty much sold out of everything that we so far. Um, so we're I'm gonna send out pre-registration for those of you who are interested. And if you're interested in coming to how to connect to a disc child, and the other one, which is the overview, it's if you've gone, if you've attended, you've been there, please write in the comment section what your experience was like. If you have any questions, I'm going to be seeing you later tonight, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific, for May, uh, like I promised. Uh, I really enjoy the engagement, the questions. Let me what you would like to learn, what you're stuck with, what do you need with the most, and I will be here later tonight to answer you. Namaste, beautiful peeps. See you at the next perfect time.